listening to Foundry Church's weekly podcast, where our singular focus is to help people know, follow, and share Jesus. Our hope is that today's message would help you to encounter the living Christ in a new and transformative way. the best day of the year, in my opinion, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, Everybody agree? And yet there's much about this season that we could do without, amen? Like the, everybody glad all the, well, hopefully the shopping is done, the wrapping is done, the obligatory parties are done, the things that we have come to recognize as kind of a mixed bag, I think, in a lot of ways. There's a lot going on in this season. Um, and I always love, today is, is my favorite time of this whole season because it just feels like something shifts today. And all the busyness and the activity and the craziness and the, and the noise. I mean, I love the Christmas songs. I love, I love the decorations. I love the lights. I love all of that. But but there's something that happens about this time that shifts us into a different kind of mode uh, where we slow down a little bit and we reflect on the things that really matter in life. And, and if I'm honest, sometimes like the expectation of Christmas is a little too high. The expectation of some kind of feeling of perfection, of some kind of feeling of, of all of the world being perfect is, is never really met. Um, I know the kids, all the kids in the room ready for Christmas, ready for tomorrow, ready for the gifts. Anybody ready for some surprises tomorrow, maybe? Um, I have great memories as a kid of Christmas, and I think sometimes as an adult, what happens is the, the expectation, it never really lives up fully to the expectation of what I remember as a kid. Um, and what I want to encourage you today to do is to consider this, that the message of Christmas the message that we, that we tell, that the story that was told, that Teresa read, and that we remember on this day is actually a message that doesn't make sense unless we admit that the world is not perfect. This is not a fairy tale story. This is a story of real people in a real place in a real time with real difficulties. And the story is so great, it's the best story because... Because, listen, God comes to us, a world full of darkness and brokenness and hurt, and brings joy and brings life and brings his love and and shows that the light will outlast the darkness, that the light is what is truly real, that the darkness that we experience is, is temporary, And so I want to encourage us to see this through the lens, through the story of one of the extras in the story. One of the people that doesn't get as much, uh, doesn't get as much attention in the story. Um, He's always there in the nativities, right? Anybody have a nativity set or a million of them, you know, around your house? And, And I know people collect them and and have all different kinds. We have one at our house, and it's, it's like my, one of my wife's favorite pieces of the Christmas decorations. And it always comes out and goes in a prominent place, and it has all the regular characters. 
And maybe you've heard this story, but a few years ago, um, when we were putting it out, Joseph fell. And Joseph's head fell off when he fell, like it broke. And she was pretty upset, like, what are we gonna do? We can't, like, you can't have a nativity without Joseph. And I was like, yeah, but who else has a nativity with John the Baptist in the nativity? If you know the story. Like, she didn't find that very funny. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but Joseph is, is, Joseph is in all the nativities, but he's kind of an extra in the story, really. We don't know that much about Joseph, Uh, He's spoken to and spoken about, but there's not a single syllable from his lips in scripture. We don't hear anything directly from Joseph, but what we do hear and what we do see is a man of character. What we do see is a man who is willing to do what God calls him to do in in the face of uh, incredible uncertainty, in the face of incredible uh, disappointment, and circumstances that were not what he expected. Listen, Joseph and Mary were expecting this to be one of the highest moments of their life. As they were engaged to be married, they were expecting to be celebrating. And the news that the angel brings is not news that we, that, that we really fully understand, I don't think today, looking back, what it did to their life, how it rocked their world. Um, Joseph is described as being a man who was faithful to the law. He wanted to please God. Um, He wanted to do what was right. He knew the law and he knew in that day, um, in that day, a woman who was pledged to be married to him, which was, um, who was found to be pregnant. And when Mary comes and tells her, him that, that she's pregnant, this rocked his world. And there were all sorts of options the majority of the options had to do with public humiliation for her at best. This was a a situation that that rocked his world. And, you know, we we read it now looking back and we think, you know, we don't don't realize like what it, how it impacted him, that news. Um, But it says in scripture that he planned to divorce her quietly. And this is a little confusing to us But what this means is he's choosing the most honorable and discreet way of dealing with the situation under the law. That he's not going to subject her to public humiliation. That he's going to not, he's he's not insecure enough that he has to publicly, uh, you know, uh, protect his image and what people think about him. Um, But all of this, all of this points to someone who, who feels all of these human, listen, all these human emotions and thoughts and, and feelings of confusion and betrayal and anger and sadness and disappointment and indignation, all of these things are racing through his mind. He's experiencing all of these emotions. You might say that Joseph is the character that if you've ever gotten more than you bargained for in life, this is the character you should see the Christmas story through. And I believe that's true. A twist and a turn in life that changes the direction, the trajectory of your life. Something happens, an event happens that changes everything in your life. And what do you do about it? How do you respond? And and oftentimes when that happens, we're left asking, where is God in this? I thought I was following God and now, now this. So as Joseph contemplates all these things, 
He goes to sleep somehow. I don't know how he sleeps with all that's going on, but, but he goes to sleep and he has a dream and in a dream, an angel comes to him. And the angel appears to him and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. I don't know what he's freaked out more at this point with the fact that an angel is in his dream or what the angel has told him to do, but it, sure, it surely was disturbing news. And the angel continues, because the baby she is carrying is from the Holy Spirit. I mean, seriously, Mary's story's true. I mean, you have to imagine what all of his responses were to that news that she had not slept with anyone but was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. Couldn't you come up with a better excuse than that? But the angel confirms this. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, the name Jesus means savior. It's, root, it's actually rooted in, it's the same as the, the name Joshua who, who plays a significant role in the Israelites and their story. And so one thing we know about Joseph, if he only had one job to do, he did it well because one of his most, one of his most important jobs was to name Jesus what the angel taught him, told him. Now, I do think this is remarkably helpful on the part of the angel because if we read earlier in the story, he told Mary to name the baby Jesus. Now he tells Joseph, name the baby Jesus. Anybody agree that in big decisions in marriage like this, it would be helpful if an angel would show up to both of us? <laughs> independently and say, this is what you were to do. Like, wouldn't that make things simpler? But, but the angel comes with this message. The name is, is significant because the name, the name tells of God's promise, the Christmas promise, that in Jesus, we're seeing a promise, a long promise. Listen, hundreds of years and generations, there were generations of people that lived and died waiting for the promise to come true. Think about that. We expect to be the ones in the middle of this story when God's promises don't seem to be coming through. There were generations of faithful Israelites waiting for God's promise to come true. God's promise is going to come true. Emmanuel, God with us, God was going to take on flesh and live among us. And so G Joseph, having this dream, wakes up finally. And I don't know like, <laughs> what he's feeling when he woke up whether he felt like it was a dream or a nightmare, what all of the things that must have been racing through his head. And, and yet, all we're told is that he immediately believed what the angel had said and obeyed. This is key. He obeyed. Not because somehow this courage had welled up in him and he no longer had fears. Not because he had it all together, he had it all figured out and the angel had given him a list of, of all of the details of what was about to go down and he knew everything. He didn't know all of that. What he knew was God had spoken to him and what we see is obedience and trust because faith is all about trust. That when God says for us to move when God's spirit moves in our hearts that we, we trust God and we obey even if we don't have all the details. How many of you know that life, a lot of times, faith, a lot of times is like being 51% sure. 
that decisions are difficult and sometimes we don't have all the data, we don't have all of the explanations, but when we know that God is calling us to do something, will we allow the fears to overcome us? Or will we in faith say, yes, God, I know and I trust that you will provide. And we see this in Joseph. He was a man of character. He listened to God and he obeyed God's voice. And because of that, God gives him this this remarkable responsibility to be the stepfather of Jesus, to raise him. And what, what we do know about Joseph, while we don't know much, is that he was a man who, whose faith in God overcame his fears. And this message is all throughout the Christmas story. Do not be afraid. And so as we wind up all the celebrations and the noise and we, we kind of shift gears a little bit and things maybe calm down a little bit and we have our celebrations I want us just to pause and think about the things that cause us fear. The things of uncertainty that cause fear in us, that can deter us from doing what God has called us to do and being faithful. Because I believe that we live in a time when fear is wrecking a lot of our lives. There's so much uncertainty And when our plans are obliterated, fear's a choice. And when our expectations in life are not met, fear is always a choice. When our dreams are shattered, fear is not a choice. Listen to me, the message of Christmas is not a message of a perfect world. The message of Christmas is the message of a God who is not far away from a world that is hurting, from a world that knows real darkness. I mean, think about what Joseph had to face. If you know the story, there was a, there was a psychotic king bent on doing whatever he had to do, including killing his own family members to protect the throne. And when this king comes after Jesus, comes after a whole generation of Israelite boys because the wise men tip him off to the fact that there's a king to be born in Bethlehem, God provides a way out. Talk about fear, but God provides a way out. And Jesus grows up as a refugee in Israel, in Egypt because of this. They flee just in time out of, out of Herod's wrath. And so we have to remember that the Christmas story includes Herod's. It includes difficult things, but it includes a God. The ultimately, the story of Christmas is a God who intervenes, a God who is close to us, a God who provides a way. And, and, and listen, everything that God promises, he always provides a way for obedient. I've never thought about this, honestly, until this year, but how did Joseph and Mary survive when they had to flee and go to Egypt? They had to leave their, their means of income and, and provision. How did, they, how did they supply, how did Joseph supply the needs of this new family? Well, I mean, they just received gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I don't know what those were worth exactly, but I imagine that they might have been the provision that God offered knowing what they were about to face. 
You see, even in that little detail, what we see is God's provision is always just what we need. Was it what they wanted? Was it on their timing? Did they plan on moving away from their home and not knowing if they'd ever return? No, of course not. But God does provide whenever, whenever he has called us to something, when he whispers in our ear, and when we step out in obedience, we can trust this, that he is always faithful, that he will always provide. And the key to all this is, I think, Joseph came to the place where he recognized that this was more than about him. That God's plan and will for his life was not just about him. It wasn't even about him and Mary. It was about the baby and about, about what would happen because of this baby's life, the promise that was to be fulfilled through this baby. And so, yes, he is an extra. And I wanna be very clear, the center of the story the center of the story. What Christmas is all about is the baby in the manger that would grow up to be a man who would be both God and fully human, who would live among us, who would teach us, who would perform miracles showing God's power over all the things of this creation, who would be subjected and face the worst that this world had to offer and go to a cross and die for us that, that we might be redeemed and saved and rescued. And he is the only way that we can be rescued. And, and in order to be rescued, we, re, we really need to, to acknowledge that we need a redeemer, that we need a rescuer, that we can't do it on our own. But the type of God that we have, the type of God that we serve, the type of God that this Christmas is all about is the type who did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He became one of us. He was born as a human being and he lived in a dark world and he faced all of those things that we face in life when we face hardship or trouble. But he humbled himself and he became obedient. Listen, obedient to death, even death on a cross. Even Jesus understood that the mission was not about his own comfort, that the mission was greater. And when he, when he was willing to die for you and me, he wanted us to know, listen, the world is dark, but there is a God whose love is greater. And so I wonder what would happen in us. Maybe it was during the dream when something shifted in Joseph. There were all these fears. There were all these things that he didn't understand. But when the spirit spoke and whispered in the quietness of that dream, something shifted a little bit in his heart. Or when Jesus was in the garden before his death, and he's pleading with God if there's any other way. But eventually, Jesus comes to the place where he says, not my will, but yours be done. And I wonder if Christmas for us might be a, a time to acknowledge that things are not always easy. They're not always perfect. But God is good and God is faithful. And whatever God calls us to, if we're obedient, he will lead us through it and he will supply everything that we need. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me. Receiving God's grace starts by acknowledging that we do not have it all together. That this, no matter what we do, we can't make, as wonderful as this season is, all of the preparations, all of the planning, all of the festivities. There's nothing that we can do to make the world perfect, to make it right. 
But Christmas reminds us that love is greater than hate, that light is greater than darkness, and that God does see the brokenhearted. He sees our, our confusion, our, our pain, our questions, our doubts. He sees them all. But in his love, he draws near to us. Emmanuel, God with us. He's not put off by the hurts of this world, but he comes to us. And he offers his peace to those who will humble themselves, who will, will, will admit that life, when we make it all about ourselves, it just does not work. And we'll choose to make life about him. And so I wonder what the spirit would be whispering in our ears today. What fears, excuses, or doubts do you maybe carry into this place? What do you need to give to God? What step of obedience has he been calling you to take? To prioritize the things that really matter, the eternal things. In what ways have you not been willing to acknowledge your need for a savior. May his love move your heart. And Jesus, we thank you that you came to this earth, that you, that you entered into human history, that you became one of us so that we could see, so that we could be witnesses of the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes, trusts in him, will not perish, but have eternal life. God, we ask that you would be born in us today, that you would shift the pride in our hearts that you would shift the fear in our hearts. That Christmas might be more than just the trimmings, that it might be the truth that God is with us and that his love is born in us. May we receive it tonight. May we obey your voice as you call us to surrender. And may we truly celebrate Christmas, not because it is perfect, but because we serve a perfect God. It's in his name we pray, amen. We are so grateful that you joined us today and invite you to visit us online at foundrychurch.org for more information on how you can worship, serve, and get connected with us.